1: Give me two. That's a good one, Jasper. Right off the bat. Storm delay. Very funny. For those of you watching live on YouTube, you can see that comment. And you can be a part of the live chat by commenting now. Typing, typing, typing. Unless you have voice-to-text through whatever device you're using, then you could use voice-to-text. And it'll probably come out scrambled and won't be exactly what you mean to say. I'm almost certain that will happen because it always happens to me. I'm Michael Govier, and this is the Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. That's Phil Goyette, Phil of Sports on Twitter, and that's Benjamin Chase at Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Today's show is about the MLB draft. We're going to get started on a bit of a mock draft. We're not going to get very far. I mean, there's no way in hell in a 30-minute show we could provide a MLB mock draft in its entirety. In fact, if we could do it as soon as I hit start on this broadcast and we began doing picks and nobody said a word except a player's name, maybe we could get through three rounds. Uh, I don't know. It would be a...
2: Quite Don't the challenge. Uh, that would it be would impressive. Be.
1: But, <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to set the table. The draft is in a couple weeks, two weeks, right? Two mm-hmm. weeks from yesterday, I believe. It'll yeah, end because it starts Sunday, on the yeah. 17th, yeah. which is Sunday night of the All-Star Week. Weekend. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, we have a few comments here real quick. Christian believes in us. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, he dies, show it's Boeing. You <laughs> Ah, there it is, Joe. Joe uses the voice to text. Very funny, Joe. Very funny.
3: Uh,
1: all right. <laughs> so, I thought we set the table. Terrible... <laughs>
3: Appropriate. It goes boing.
1: Huh? Hey, dies shows it's boing. Yeah. Um it's
3: showing your boing. First off, it's like,
1: Ben, uh, you know, <laughs> this show is about being real, too. And, Ben, we want to wish everybody. And you and your family make sure everybody's okay after some major storms came through. I saw the green picture. That is that really real? Is that really possible? A green sky in the Dakotas?
2: It, you know, I've never seen it that green. That particular picture that they had over Sioux Falls, I've never seen it that green personally. Little Photoshop,
1: maybe, maybe. But
2: I will say that it is, it will legit get green. Right before a really, really major storm on the plains, you can kind of feel that and you can see it. And it is a you know that stuff's about to get real when the sky goes from really nasty gray, really nasty navy blue, to all of a sudden it gets like an army fatigue green. And you're like, you know, I think the basement sounds like a really good spot to be about right now. And Auntie M, Auntie M. Pretty much. Ta-da! It starts to get wicked color. I mean, there you go. So,
1: (laughs) that's true. Well, we're we're glad everybody's okay and your family. And uh, I know your things that work out for your car, which is unfortunate. But the good news is you're still alive. And I know maybe that sounds that's not good enough. That's not like, hey, I don't care that I'm alive. I want my car. I understand that feeling as well. But I'd rather have you here than your car. Although you'd probably rather have your car than the show. But hey, that's how life goes. I don't (laughs) want to play that game either. I'd rather just have everything be okay. But that's not life either, and that's not how it's going to work for this MLB draft. This MLB draft is going to go a different way than probably either of you determined it to be. Even if oh yeah, oh yeah, you I mean, you guys are whizzes. You guys know the stuff, and you don't have to be modest. You guys know prospects, you know minor league baseball, you know college baseball. Probably Ben knows a little bit more. Maybe is that fair, Phil? I mean, how much? Although Phil, you watch a lot of college baseball.
3: Yeah, for draft, absolutely. Ben is the dude. Um, So I follow it, but um, especially like putting together a mock, and I think Ben's going to give us some kind of insight on different factors you want to consider when you're thinking about what teams are going to do. So there's a lot of um, just – and then just like what happens with a certain pick and then what that means for the other teams that follow that that drafter too. There's so many ways it can go, so uh, it's fast. It's fascinating, um, but uh, unless you're like Ben and you've been into it for you know a decade or longer, studying this stuff, um, it's going to take you time to catch up, and get up to speed with it.
2: And one of the crazy things about the MLB draft is it's not talent based. That's the really I mean, we just saw the the NBA draft, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. So NBA draft almost entirely is on talent and fit with your current club because that NBA player is going to almost immediately start playing for the current MLB or current pro club. These MLB players that are being drafted, the Orioles almost certainly drafting number one, don't expect to see their player until 2025 at the soonest. You know, they're, they're drafting a guy that they don't expect to see expect to have significant contributions from until the second half of this decade. That's the difference in these drafts. And there is the big difference in the entirety of the pool. The way that the pool is set up changes a lot of how drafting is done. And you'll see that right away at the top of the draft because the Rangers have a, lot smaller pool than everyone else drafting around them, which is going to change how they can draft at the very top of the draft. And the funny part is it changes their complete modality because as we talk about how certain teams draft, the Rangers are very much a team that like to go big after high upside, high tool type of guys, but you usually have to pay more for those guys. And especially to pay more for those kind of guys at number three overall. So unless they decide to go after someone who's ranked significantly lower and grab him and push him to number three, they're probably going to go after someone who is maybe a college guy or maybe more of a high ceiling guy rather than a high upside guy or a high floor guy rather than a high ceiling guy. And that's going to be really a big difference for what the rangers normally do so that's a it's going to be an interesting thing to watch uh, but as you're putting these together now I, I had some connections back in the day as i was doing mocks and i would do a new mock every week um that took time but you'd get to know certain people you'd get to know certain tendencies for teams and of course each so every so often gms change all that stuff changes but in general, you kind of get an idea of a club. Let's say they've got a three picks. A, a good example might be the Rockies this year have three picks in the top 40 picks. If they're going to go, more than likely, they're going to try and make sure they at least get one big-time high school player, which they're going to probably have to put some big money into. Depending on how much they got to pay for that guy and who falls to who ends up being that guy, that could change what they do with those next two picks. So we, c- you and I can sit here and make up a mock draft, but I'm going to use an example here. Jackson Holiday in a lot of, lot of draft uh, mock drafts right now is projected to go in the top two or three. If for some reason he falls out of that, he wants enough money because he could go play for his dad at Oklahoma State, and so that's a pretty big pull. He's going to ask a lot of money the Rockies are drafting what 10th, 10th, but they have the money to perhaps pay him at number 10 that a lot of other teams don't. And then those next two picks that they have, they can pay a college guy that doesn't want as much money and be able to pull off a Jackson holiday. So that could be exactly what they might do. If a guy like that would start to slip down to number 10. So I mean there's lots of things like that that end up coming into play that you can try to b- put together a really good mock and come where nowhere ne- come nowhere near whereas at least in the NFL or NBA you should have at least a I mean NFL trades blow crap up NBA yep. trades blow crap up that's what blow crap blows crap up in a mock there it's not the talent you pretty much know the talent and who's the best it best left tackle that's available the best quarterback that's available and it's just a matter of putting the team that wants a quarterback into the right draft spot. With yep. baseball, that's not at all the thing. It's everyone's in their slot. It's just a matter of how much are they willing to spend. So, yep.
3: and fair point. One fair other point. thing that one other thing that pops in my mind with that too is I don't think Baltimore or Arizona take Holiday at one or two unless they have a deal done. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to blow that pick unless they know they're signing the kid, right? Yep. And that's something that you and I were just not really going to know. You'd have to have some real inside baseball to be privy to that kind of information from somebody, you know what I mean? And if it was my org, I would actually be murdering somebody if that information came out. Um, but I would not mind the information getting out that I want to get out. So I am always a little bit leery of people who do get some inside baseball from orgs. If they're just floating the company line that these orgs want to get out there because it works for them for something else they want to do, like it's subterfuge. So,
1: yeah. Well, what about a Joe's comment here? Rockies get some college TJ arms on the cheap with that big money prep bet,
2: and that'd be a way that they could definitely go yeah. that, or they push yeah. up a guy who a college hitter that maybe a lot of folks thought. You know, for me, one guy that I a, a couple of guys that I looked at for possibly with the Rockies. They have a huge monstrous outfield. There's a lot of really good defense-first type of hitters that have questionable bats that you can put into that organization and hope that they develop the hit tool, know that they're going to play great defense, and probably get them cheaper than you would expect it, what number 30, whatever that they're at later on, because those guys were kind of expecting to go in the second or third round. So they're really happy to get, you know, a million under slot which might be a two million dollar slot or, you know it might be two million instead of three million they're excited to get that because they're expecting to get 1.1 million you know so to give them two million they're like hey that's more than i was hoping to go home with today so you know let's let's be excited so you know yep. there's you know that's a big difference for a, an organization like the rockies they could perhaps float that use that money in order to save money to pay off cool. that guy at- yeah. Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, let's share the order, shall we? Just so everybody has an idea. Baltimore Orioles have the first pick. Arizona Diamondbacks, Rangers, Pirates, Nats. That's the top five. And as you see on your screen, if you're listening to the podcast version, I'll continue forward. Marlins are sixth. The Cubs are seventh. The Twins are eighth. Royals at nine. And the Rockies are at 10. So that rounds out your top 10 there. I would just like to remind you all that what we're doing here is based on what these guys have looked up, the research they've done, their experiential knowledge. It's a combination of factors. Uh, Phil, what is your opinion of how you go about this process? If you could just share real quickly what, what how you come about these picks.
3: I look at players the org has taken in the past, if they have type. Um, I look at, Ben mentioned the bonus pool. So, uh, where the bonus pool is at for them this year, and whether that means it might make more sense for them to go with a college player in the first round. Um, I look a little bit at like what the organization might need. So, I don't think Baltimore is taking a catcher first overall because they've done that recently. Um, there are some nice late first round catchers, but it's it's kind of they also have to fit with the org that type of thing. Um, and then also maybe where a teams at in their contention window so if you've got a team that's close um or like baltimore is gonna have a bunch of kids up in the next year or two then you might see them pivot to more college players potentially um so that's another thing to keep in mind um quite frankly and then then you know and then you evaluate the players and you've got ideas as to who's a good player or not but um (laughs) but then you don't know, you know, you don't know, you don't know what info the team has on these kids, which is a lot more than we do. So.
1: How about you, Ben?
2: That's, I mean, a big part of it is just, you go, a lot of it you can find out from where these guys, if you know the right scouts, you can find out who's been at, who's uh, scout days, you know, this summer, Um, as far as colleges, as far as high schools, Uh, You also can, a lot of times, a good example, because I know Joe's watching, the Giants scout the crap out of high schools in California. Um, And another organization, just because I know this, the Braves traditionally have had really good scouting in California. That is something that, I mean, Freddie Freeman's a high school California kid. Colby Allard was a high school California kid. They've done really, really well with drafting high school California kids. And it's something, one of those things that they just, they've had that for a while. They've hired well in California as far as scouting and scouted that area well. Um, But you, when you know that about an organization, you start to kind of look and go, okay, so where could be a fit that might work in that organization based on what they traditionally tend to like? And that, you know, that's where you end up starting to fill in. Okay, so this would work here. This would work here and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I hear Morris had one hell of a heater, you know, so. You know, the-
1: AC <laughs> Slater was the athlete there. Come on. We all know.
2: This is that. true. Yeah. You know, he was more of the multi-sport guy though, you know, so.
1: Of course. Wrestling was his specialty. That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we do. So before we do the first pick of the Orioles here, I just wanted to share right quick. Here are the recent first-round picks of the Orioles. Uh, Colton Cowser last year. Heston uh, Kierstead, Kierstead, yep. Okay, yep. 2020. Of course, Adley Rushman in 2019, who finally made his debut this season. He was at Oregon State College Prep, ready to rock, ready to go, and he still took him a couple years to get up here because the Orioles are going to Oriole. Uh, D.L. Hall, 2017, still hasn't debuted in Major League Baseball. And then there was Cody Sedlock, I don't know who Cody Sedlock was in 2016.
2: That's a bad story.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll just skip that for now because we're (laughs) going to be short on time if we go down that road. And then, of course, Ryan Mountcastle in 2015, who's uh, been pretty good. DJ Stewart in 2015 as well, a first-round pick out of Florida State. I love DJ Stewart. I always thought he would pop as a power source. It hasn't quite worked out. So,
3: Yeah.
1: Having said that, then. Let's do it. So the Orioles' first pick in the 2022 MLB draft. Uh, who's taking
3: this one? Let's go for it. Give it to Ben because I want to see if he does something.
2: So, <laughs> no, I I really – I just went chalk because, you know, the more and more you hear, the more and more things come out, It's only, they're just going to kind of go Drew Jones, and they're going to stick with that guy. They've got the money. They've got the ability to – you know, he could get a record high school contract – And they'd still have more than half of their pool left. They'd still be a million under the max pick value if they really, if they gave him a record deal, you know, they could give him eight and a half million, which would be a record for a high schooler by almost a half a million dollars and still not spend the whole pick value. So, So, I mean, Drew is, Drew Jones is Andrew Jones's son, plays defense, maybe not quite exactly to the level of his dad, but really not a whole lot underneath that. I mean, and that's just it. I mean, we're talking a guy who he's going to be close and everything else is top of the line. Elite hitter, elite power, elite speed, you know, top of the great arm. I mean, just this guy has oozes everything that you want out of a player. Plus he's been brought up around the game his whole life. he just he's kind of that easy top talent in the draft. Pretty pretty easy top guy. Um, it it almost is feeling like a Rutchman type of choice where he's kind of the clear number one guy and the Orioles were in the same spot in 2019 and they made the right, you know, the easy number one pick there. So
3: Philly, you agree? Yep, that's what I've got too. Yeah, I think they hey. would be nuts not to pick him. So yep.
1: Oh well, that was easy. Wow. Okay, good. Well, we could just move on from that. If the Orioles don't pick Drew Jones, they are clearly morons, and they should all be fired from their jobs. Uh, uh, by the way, how much time do you think, real quick, does Eliash have left there? Is he on a ticking clock, or do you think they still give him a lot of wiggle room as the GM oh, front off? He's got a lot of room. I bet oh, you yeah, they I still.
2: Yeah, I bet you he's still. At least I bet you he doesn't. Even, they don't even think about what he's doing until twenty twenty five. Yeah, okay. three more years. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you get longer leash in MLB than you would in some of those other sports as well, but there's still, if and things haven't gone terribly bad. Obviously, Adley Roosman was an easy call, but uh, some of the other choices, I don't know. We could debate those. Let's uh, so take a look real quickly at the Diamondbacks now at number two on the clock. Some recent number one picks. Jordan Lawler last year, a high school prep mm-hmm. shortstop. Bryce Jarvis in 2020, a right-hander out of Duke. Blake Watson, uh Walston, excuse me, a lefty out of high school. Haven't heard much about Blake Walston. Do we have an update on Blake Walston?
3: He's pitching. Oh, he's, he's got a double A and yeah. then started imploding at double A. I think. He's yeah.
2: <laughs> he's had injury, injury and control stuff.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Oh, Paven yeah. Smith. Paven Smith in 2017. I love Paven Smith. He's got that stroke. I don't know if he's got the power. And of course, there was also the legendary Dansby Swanson pick in 2015, who was immediately traded to the Braves. And uh I still don't know. Guys, do you think Dansby Swanson is ever going to attain that number one worthiness? Because he's a solid MLB player, but he's not like, wow, a number one pick of a draft good, in my opinion.
2: Just wait until uh, the Red Sox re-up Xander and pay him a little extra to not opt out this offseason and watch what Dansby gets for a contract as the top shortstop on the market next offseason because I think you might be surprised what what he would get paid just doing what he does. I mean, he's not exactly a goal Glover. He's not exactly the top offensive production guy as a shortstop, but he's just below that on both accounts. And I bet you that's a guy who's pretty easily a $200 million player.
1: Wow, okay. And uh, he's a World Series winner, and he was definitely a part of that team. So that's what you're looking for in the end. They won a World Series, and Dansby Swanson was a key part of that. So, Phil, I want you to go first down. The number two pick of the Arizona
3: Diamondbacks is? I have them taking Elijah Green, a prep outfielder from IMG Academy in Florida. Um, I think that because Arizona has a large bonus pool, and we did kind of look through the pick history, they're not averse to taking... Uh, Real athletic, high upside-type players. Um, And Elijah Green at one point was maybe not a dunk for the first overall, but he seemed like maybe a favorite for the first overall or maybe the best prep player in the class this year. So um, I have Drew Jones ahead of him, but I think Elijah Green would be a great pick. Tons of upside, and Arizona's going to use that bonus pool to chase it. Any signs, Mm. too. And he was definitely
2: in consideration i ended up going tamar johnson who i think is um after the uh oh, the combine that they had tamar johnson put on a really good show and from what i understand a really impressive show in interviews um that was one thing that came out of the pipeline podcast after that is how impressive he was speaking to everyone across the league everyone raved about talking with Tamar Johnson. And he's already a guy who was an easy top five pick. And then if he impresses you personality-wise, that's, I mean, in all seriousness, that got me wondering, boy, could the Orioles decide to go goofy? And if they thought Tamar Johnson could get to the majors in two years as a high school kid, they might play around with that. But I don't think that they're going to dink around with that. They'll take the top talent. But Tamar is a guy who... I think he's stuck at second base. I don't know that he's uh he's a shortstop. I don't know that he's a third baseman, but you're talking a guy who could hit 330 at second base. I mean, Jeff can't type of numbers. That's a that's a guy you'd take all day long if you can get that in Arizona. That's a pretty darn nice piece to get.
1: Okay, okay. We're moving along here now on the Plausible Podcast Prospects. Power half hour, 30 minutes or less. Utah. Follow us on Twitter. Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Next up is the Texas Rangers at number three on the clock. And the Rangers have some fun talent that they've acquired actually through trades, which we've discussed previously on the show, especially with the Yankees. Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran have showed up. It's been interesting. They unfortunately had the injury with Josh Young. He's missed this year so far, but his brother is in this draft as well. I don't know if we'll get to him today or not. Recent first-round picks. Of course, there was Mr. Leiter last year. He was uh, a consensus Jack Leiter. Should be a guy who hopefully gets up in a year or two and is a difference maker for them. Justin Foscu in 2020. Davis Wenzel in 2019, a third baseman, along with Josh Young. And if you go back even farther, there's Dylan Tate, 2015 who now pitches for the Orioles. Orioles, Uh, So you never know where a guy's going to end up. All right, so I'm going to go back to Ben on this one. Ben, who will be the third pick of the MLB draft with the Texas Rangers?
2: And the Rangers are the first one where that pool comes into play. They have less than $10 million, which is the least of any team in the top 10. Okay. Um, So that's something to consider at their spot, even though their pick value is $7.5 million. Um, so that's kind of a big deal to think about. I had them, you know, they typically like to go with high uh, high value type of guys. I had them going after Brooks Lee. Um, I think just as a college hitter, he's a, you know, high upside or he's got some upside left to him, but he's definitely a high floor type of guy. Um, and I really like his fit as far as that organization that he could move quickly. He could play a few different infield spots and they, you know, even though they signed Seager and they signed Simeon, he could play third. He could potentially move to left field. He's got a little bit of flexibility there that he could work pretty well in that organization.
1: Oh, okay, wow. Brooks Lee, third overall pick for the Rangers. Phil, any contention here? You go in a different angle.
3: I I have them taking Jace Young. I still woo. i still still think that makes a lot of sense for them fit wise there then i did write the next potential pick brooksley so i do agree with ben i think the thought process is is there i could see him taking kevin parada out of georgia tech um we've got zach nito as an option too so i think it's going to be a college player but i guess we'll see maybe they have a prep that they float i don't know very interesting
1: Okay, so you guys are going different angles on that. I, I like that. I like when we get a little differentiation on the show between you guys. Uh, Brooks Lee, is that's a guy I've actually been looking into more, too, and he seems like a fun player, exciting player. Uh, yes. I like hitters. I like people who can hit. That's fun. I also like what Phil does, so make sure you're following Phil of Sports on Twitter and Ben and Chase at Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Next up. It's the Pirates. Now, last year, the Pirates had the number one overall pick, and they went with Henry Davis, as you recall, the catcher. And hopefully he gets a chance to show up in the next couple of years. He was a college catcher, right? Not a not a prep catcher. So you know, yeah. hope, hopefully he uh you know shows up yeah, sooner than
3: later. Oh, he's hitting. Okay. That's he's promising. Hitting, and the defense has always been good, so yeah.
1: And you know, there was some recent buzz about the Pirates and their previous regime run by uh, you know, a guy who shall not be named. But uh, there was a Prover Prospect. I can't remember. I think it was something Kramer. You guys remember this on yeah, Twitter? Kevin Kramer. Kevin Kramer. Yeah. Thank you. And he said, uh, you know, maybe uh, they didn't have the best development going on during that. And now there's a new regime that's taken over. That's Ben Charrington and company. So Nick Gonzalez was picked last uh, two years ago. I really like Nick Gonzalez. I thought he was an interesting hitter, but he's hurt now, too, I believe. And then
3: when he's hit when he's been he hit.
1: He has hit. Yeah. He has hit. And then, yeah. there, of course, there's Shane Baz there in 2017. I, mm-hmm. I know Pirates fans are right now are like, why are you bringing this up? <laughs> why, why, why? So uh, let's go back to – are we going to Phil? Yeah. I've lost where we are now. Yeah. Is it Phil's turn? All right, Phil, who is yeah. going to be the fourth overall pick of the Pittsburgh Pirates?
3: I have the Pirates taking a big swing and taking Jackson Holiday. <laughs> um, they have a ton of talent in their system right now, and then Holiday maybe is going to be like the crowning piece if they can get him signed. So – um, I don't think they pass it up if they can get him there. That being said, like Ben said, there's no guarantee that anybody's going to sign this kid necessarily. So this could already kind of start going sideways with Pittsburgh's pick. I think if they don't sign him, they go um, they go with another prep, uh, maybe Tamar Cam Collier, um, maybe Brock Porter, the pitcher out of Michigan, if they think he's the best prep pitcher in the draft. So Dylan Lesko, um, so. Benjamin pirates, the guy that they keep getting
2: tied to is actually Collier is cam Collier. And and he, they've, they've apparently had a number of guys sitting on him at uh, Cape Cod league. And so um, they're watching him pretty heavy. They've, they had people, they apparently had a one-on-one with him at the draft combine. And so, I mean, they're, they're pretty heavy into him. Um, that whether or not that means they'll select him or not that's but that's who I picked in that spot just because uh the other guy that it sounded like they were big on from other reports was Tamar, and I had him already off my board so um Cam made sense for me so he's who I had selected
1: Okay, wow. Yeah. We're moving along swimmingly here. We're through four picks in our MLB mock. and We said we'd get through a first couple of picks here, give you guys a little taste of how we're doing things, why we're doing things. like to give some background on each team as well, where they've been with their first rounders, where they're going, where they've been. Next up, number five overall, it is the Washington Nationals. Now, God, it's interesting to see the Nationals have some picks recently because there was a time where they didn't have first round picks last decade and they were kind of going for broke. I would assume that's why that was, but Mm -hmm. Brady House last year is a people love talking about Brady House. I know Phil, you're a big fan of Brady House. Yep, think he's gonna be a great player. Yeah, and Kate Cavalli, who uh has been getting a lot of tout run, and then we talked about Jackson Rutledge last week from 2019 about how and Ben, you guys. I thought were very accurate on how maybe it's either reliever or bust, or he's just so inconsistent because of his size, which was a big revelation, I thought, in the show. And then, of course, there's Carter Keboom in 2016. He was a high school shortstop. He hasn't really hasn't worked out for Carter. It's very sad. I really thought he would be good in OBP leagues, and it hasn't gone that way. So, fifth overall, the Washington Nationals. Ben, who are we going with?
2: Well, this is the pick that, frankly, Everybody talks about and if he's there, I think it's kind of just written already that the Nationals really like Kevin Parada and they're going to take him. And if he's on the board, they really want Kevin Parada. If he's available, they're going to be drafting him. Um, It sounds like they're really looking for a college hitter that'll move quick. Um, But here's the other thing that is kind of floated a little bit recently is they're really looking for quick moving talent um, regardless of bat or or arm and one f- the way that that was floated is they would be possibly the first market for Kumar rocker which is mm-hmm. why I thought Ooh, that could be very intriguing to have him, you the Mets and end up going even higher by going to the Nationals at five. that could be a very interesting development. I cannot imagine them going after that that early unless they have one heck of a deal cut with him. but at a 6.5 pick value, if you still pay him five million, that's a pretty good cut on that pick value. That's more than he was getting offered by the Mets. And you got a whole lot of your pool left to play with if you're the nationals at that point. So it could make some financial sense for them to do something like that. And like Phil mentioned earlier, there's a really good crop of catchers in this draft. If that's what they're really looking for, there's a lot of really good catchers that they could come up on later in the draft.
3: Okay. Phil. That's yeah. I've got them taking Parada as well because that's what I'd seen. So, um, I just and then my notes are it's a tricky one. So I didn't think of Kamar Rocker. That's a very interesting idea. Um the Nats, you can see from their pick history, are not opposed to taking you know maybe a weird pick. Yeah. Um, and they like guys with like big time upside, like Denenberg's always been hurt, but he was a big two-way prep mm-hmm. player that had just loads oozing upside. So um, I don't know. I Kamar Rocker makes a lot of sense too.
1: Uh, Jay, we are not doing the whole first round. Uh, I do see we've had a lot of comments in here, and we have a lot of viewers today, so there's definitely a big interest in this. Maybe next week we'll, we will continue this for next week. Yeah. I think that's yeah. safe to say. And maybe we'll go a little bit longer. Maybe we'll put aside some more time. We'll start earlier because Phil's in Ireland, so it's already getting late on Phil's time. But you guys really seem to be into this, and we want to please you if we can. Uh, I wanted to you real quickly, the Kumar Rocker rumors that are coming up now are that some teams are going to draft him and use him right away because they feel he's more ready to be a relief pitcher for them for teams in the stretch run. which would probably imply teams in the, well, at least teams involved in a playoff run. One is the blue Jays I've heard recently. Uh, anybody want to comment on this? Think it's a reality or not?
2: I, I actually heard that in regards to a team that, you know, if we'd stick around and finish out the top 10, there's one that would be to be mentioned and that'd be the twins. Um, that's one that, that, has come up because they originally just tried to do this with one of their top pitching prospects in Jordan Belazovic, and he has really struggled in converting into shorter uh, outings. The Just trying to do that yeah. has not worked so well with him. Um, so they've pushed him back to the rotation, and he still has struggled. Um, but that's a whole nother deal. But the, the move to bring in uh, Rocker... <laughs>
1: And uh, he means my Rocker There, I don't. No yeah. way the hell the Mets would do that again. <laughs> I cannot imagine
2: them doing that. Honestly, goodness, that would be hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> but that, I mean, that the Twins taking him would be a very interesting thing. Although, you know, they normally you, you hear them with bats. There is definitely a need for an arm in that organization right now, and their scout. I mean, they really would like to get a Luis Castillo or someone in the trade market to the twins, but boy, if you could plug in a Kumar rocker into that bullpen that could go two innings and you have someone like Duran in the back of that bullpen and you have Griffin Jackson, that bullpen, you got some guys that can give you a little bit of length in that bullpen where you could start a guy, have him go four, and start, you know, as soon as he's struggling at all, you can throw guys out there. That might be your plan. You know, that could be what you do. So I don't know that, that, yeah, that would make some sense.
1: Also, the Twins have, I think at least, they have a couple of name pieces. So, like, you don't think of their, maybe others don't think yeah. of their system as that deep, but they've got Austin Martin, they've got Simeon Woods Richardson. These are name commodities. Now, They might mean less in real circles and actual GM circles, but they, they have the pieces to be able to make a trade for a guy like Castillo in other possible yep. pitching They have some prospect
3: depth, and they've got yeah. some guys that can play in different spots on the diamond, like Miranda or Arias. To cover stuff ride. so yeah.
2: The Twins don't really have a lot of Super top 100 games. guys, but if you would expand your list to 200 or 250, there'd be a lot of Twins in that next 100 to 150 that you'd put on there. They've got a, okay. a lot of depth in that type of prospect, and that's exactly where I think you'd find as far as when they get into the trade market this summer, they're going to be big players if they want to be.
3: But that's going to be That makes sense. I, <laughs>
1: <the twin.
2: laughs> and I get that, Phil. But, I mean, it's
3: the uh, central you is here. Ozzie that. used to call them the Piranhas, right? Um, yeah. Because well, that's what they were. <laughs> right, right right, now, as we speak, uh, going into the ninth, game's tied at eight with the White Sox. My son and Ooh. I were watching before we hopped on the podcast. The game was tied at one, tied at three, tied at five, and now tied at eight apiece. So um, they just can't. Yeah, they, they took can't it to him them last away. night.
2: Just yeah, as long as, yeah. as long as the White Sox don't run into another eight-five triple play again, you know.
3: Yeah, And our bats it's never bat, happened. White Sox, White Sox bats woke up, uh, and the pitching didn't come through this series. So, um, the, and he lost the Jake Berger I recently do, too. I is, the, is the Twins getting Kamar Rocker? Uh, because <laughs> I thought maybe foolishly he was capable of pitching in the bigs last year. Oh, yeah. i thought he was he was composed enough his stuff was good enough i had enough command and enough to his repertoire he might not have been overpowering everybody but he could have handled like a swingman even type role like ben said uh, or even start a few games for a contender down the stretch so i think he's a oh my god
1: we have so many questions too from the uh channel the podcast uh, we have the. Discord, where we have our podcast questions for the show. There's, like, so much that we wanted to talk about from there and others in the live chat. So we owe you guys some more. Next week, <clears throat> uh, I think we'll do a live longer show next week if we we'll can do it. We'll talk about it off air. Yeah, we'll try to make that happen for you guys. Uh, how about this one for the sure. row, real quick? Tristan Cassis or Max Meyer in Dynasty, guys?
3: I mean, your your overall
2: value is always going to be the hitter. But, man, I... <laughs> You're, you're talking to the wrong guy here, because I'm about, I'm notorious is <laughs> about the biggest
3: Max Meyer homer there is, so I think I might have, there, there might be, maybe, is, yeah. Cassis is valuable, obviously, and he's a hitter, but he's also first baseman, yeah and those guys always are just falling out of the woodwork, man, like. You know there's always a Jesus Aguiar or you know, somebody that comes out yeah, of it, right, like, right, 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 right. you know out of old dominion and wasn't really Luke a big Voigt, yeah Luke Void you know. gets moved in a 40 man crunch to the Yankees and then he's like a top five first baseman for fantasy so yep uh yeah I don't it's know fair. Max Meyer if he's he's he he's as special as he could be, he's irreplaceable in fantasy so
2: I mean, Meyer to me is a guy who he's either a frontline starter or he's an elite closer. I yeah. really don't know that he he's a, a mid rotation guy. He's that type of a starter that he's either a frontline guy or if he's not able to make it as a starter, he's moved into the bullpen, and he's going to be an elite bullpen piece. So, yeah, yeah. That's the problem though. Is with a pitcher, you always have the third option is. He blows up and he never is anything. So you know that's always that option. There is a pitcher which always kind of stinks. Is that's there. Yeah.
3: So can can we <laughs> answer the question from Bob Dole? i um, Bob oh. Dole, ninety six. that was a yeah. really good question. That was a really good question.
2: And I will, yeah. The if whoever is taken, uh, to different organizations and whether that matters depending on what organization they're taken by. Um, what I'll tell you is it, it really, in general, no. But if you get certain players into certain organizations, a high school player in most organizations, it's really not going to matter. Um, in general, most high school players, it's really not going to matter what organization they are in. A high school pitcher... In the Devil or Devil Rays. Oh my goodness! It's you know 1998 all over again. They wore those recently. Yeah. They, they wore them
3: recently. Know. They look great. Let's get way Boggs out there.
2: There we go. Um, But a high school pitcher in the Rays system is almost always going to be at least a four year track. You can just, no matter how good he pitches, yeah. he's going to be a four year track. He's not going to get to the majors before four years after he's drafted, just because they take everything one level at a time. With their high school kids. Um, College players get moved a lot faster in certain organizations and they're willing to move mid-season a lot faster. Um, Certain organizations do a lot better developing certain types of players. Um, I would be a lot happier if I saw, let's say, a a college pitcher that had really raw, excellent stuff, but just needed to refine it, show up in the Dodgers system. I mean, they've done... I mean, that's Walker Bueller. He was raw. He got hurt when he was at Vanderbilt. He got hurt. And they took him and turned him yeah, into what he became. I
3: and mean, some stuff.
2: Yeah. Some, I mean, he used... Some glue-based you know, stuff. He, he, he made it stick... <laughs> to work in the major leagues. Um but uh, <laughs> but he but that's that's really the type of guy that or the the Indians have a really good track re- record with guys who have elite command and a good fastball. But yeah, they have yeah, a really good breaking stuff yeah. and they have really good very, really good command and really good breaking stuff. They know how to work with those guys to build up that last tick or two of velocity to make them a major league pitcher. It's certain guys, certain profiles that if you watch, you can see that they're going to be good. But in general, no, it doesn't matter. But you eventually, you learn over time that there's a couple, it's profile based with certain teams. That's, I guess, the best answer to put there.
1: Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you so much for that, Bob Dole, uh, whoever you are in real life. He's a regular inside oh, the Plaza Podcast Discord. Oh. Bob, Dole's Bob Dole said, Bob, Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob
3: Dole likes so, the Dodgers <laughs> pitching prospects.
2: I. That's, one of my favorite uh,
3: SNL skits
2: is the, the Bob Dole, you know.
3: Well, Norm, oh, I never. Th- man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, that was so funny. Norm. McDonald was the best doing that, and uh, I never mm-hmm. knew that he would die just right after Bob Dole died, by the way, which is bizarre. Which is, yeah. Bob Dole died last, last year, Bob Dole died, and Norm died this year. Or was it last year Norm died? Shit. Time flies. It's very recent, I know that. So,
2: And then we lose Bob Saget right after him. Yeah, well, not
1: too much after. I mean, yeah, who just... directed Dirty Work, which is a great movie featuring Arnold? Yeah,
2: out of anybody on that out, movie, yeah. right?
1: We, yeah, that's right. We <laughs> said that before on the show. I think Phil brought that up. It was a, it's kind of bizarre how life works. You never know. All right, there it is. I'm sorry all we didn't right. get to more picks. i know,
2: that. <laughs> not, I know it. <laughs> hey,
1: all right, so uh, yeah, sorry we didn't get to more picks today. We got through the first five, and we were going to take our time with this. We weren't. Ex- like I said at the top of the show, we weren't doing an entire MLB mock draft. We were hoping to get through 10. We always have high hopes. We didn't quite get there, but we will do more next week. We'll pick up with pick six next week, which is the Marlins, the Miami Marlins, who will be on the clock, who have a lot of interesting talent. Where they will go? Well, you'll have to tune in and find out. We'll try to... We'll try to pound through more and we'll be more expedient. We'll just dive right into it next week and maybe we'll go a little bit longer than the 30 minutes that we usually do, especially since the draft will be after that. It'll be our last chance to get it all on the record. It would be kind of nice if we could get through the whole first round or close to it. And. We'll try to do our best with that. But in the meantime, pause the podcast on Twitter, two L's two Z's. Please follow there. The discord link is free. And that's where you can ask questions in the meantime, when we're not on the air about the draft and other prospects and redraft everything, we do it all. Phil Goyette on Twitter is Phil of sports. Benjamin chase on Twitter is big, gentle Ben, very easy follows. These guys are super underrated. I know the people watch the show regularly are following them, but if you're a newcomer today, you're not following either of these two guys on Twitter. You're doing yourself a disservice if you play dynasty baseball or you're into minor league baseball it's prospects. Do it, do it now! Come what on, what are you waiting for? Yeah,
3: I know that's what I'm always saying. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I know it's what you're always saying. Someone's got to do that work around here, so make sure you follow them. I'm MJ Govier for me, if you want to hear me say something stupid or weird. And then that's it. Thanks so much for listening, for watching. Subscribe to YouTube. We'll catch you guys next week, right here, 5 p.m. Eastern Wednesday. Power prospects. Make a person trade everything for a king Juan de Franco is your one true love For a prospect you'll trade all the above Don't need money, don't take fame Don't need no credit card to ride on this train It's strong and it's sudden, and it's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life That's the power of